Isaiah chapter number 1, verse 19. Isaiah chapter number 1, and verse 19. The Bible reads, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Put it in NKJV. Isaiah chapter number 1 verse 19, the Bible says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The Bible gets to show us two prerequisites to enjoy certain benefits in a life that we get to live. The Bible shows us that there has to be an element of willingness and obedience in order for us to get to enjoy and in order for us to get to walk in the reality of goodness. Today the title of my sermon is Walking in the Spirit. And I will start with this opening scripture and I want us to get to understand something. The Bible says, if we are willing and obedient, we shall eat the good of the land. But the biggest question we need to ask is, willing to do what? Another question we can get to ask is, obedience, or rather obedience unto who? Is it willingness to the world? Is it willingness to our friends? Is it obedience to those that know us, where is it that we must apply willingness and obedience for us to enjoy the good of the land? Galatians chapter number 5 and verse 25. The Bible says, if we leave in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit it is very evident that by virtue of you getting born again by virtue of you becoming a child of God you are introduced to a new reality the Bible shows us that we are born of the spirit and so if we are born of the spirit that means we get to live in the spirit but then the Bible goes on to say something interesting here. It says, if we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. This is to show you that there are different realities and there are different dimensions that we can get to walk in. If you are not living in the Spirit, then you are living somewhere. Amen and amen. Then you are living somewhere. So, when the Bible says, since we walk in the or rather, since we live in the Spirit, this reveals to us that it's a different reality altogether. So, we can have so many human beings, we can have seven billions of people in this world, but the fact that they can be equal as humans, but in function and in living, they are different based on the reality that they live in. And so the Bible says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. This actually means, or rather, for, for me to actually help you understand, imagine if you are born in the, the royal family. Because you are born in the royal family, there is a certain way you should behave. There is a certain way you should walk. There's a certain way you should talk. There's a certain way you should eat. There's a certain way you should do things, all right? By virtue of you being in the royal family. But have you observed it is possible for someone to be in the royal family yet live contrary to the reality of what he's supposed to live in? That's why the Bible says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit 
Meaning you've got to be careful as someone who lives in the spirit should make sure that you never walk outside the spirit. Glory to God. Give us verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So in this scripture, the Bible is then introducing to us another reality or another realm. And this realm is called the flesh. Hallelujah. So the Bible shows us it is possible to live in the spirit. Yet again, it is possible to live in the flesh. I know your biggest question here is what is living in the spirit? Your biggest question is what is living in the flesh? We're going to get to that. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill. Other version says you shall not gratify the desires of the flesh. So there is walking in the spirit. There is living in the spirit. Which is a, 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 a separate realm. And then there is also living in the flesh. Now what is to walk in the spirit? Give it, give it to us in Amplified. But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. Meaning, to walk in the Spirit is to be responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then it says, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh. So what is the flesh? The flesh is the human nature without God. So, any nature that has no God is the flesh. Whether you do good but has no God, flesh. Whether you fast like the Pharisees but no God, flesh. That's why the Bible says if for you to walk in the Spirit, You've got to, this should be, this is live habitually. It should be your lifestyle. It should be your normal. What should be your normal? To be responsive to, controlled and guided by the Spirit. The question is, are you responsive to the Spirit? The question is, are you controlled by the Spirit? The question is, are you guided by the Spirit? That's how you know if you walk in the Spirit. If these elements are absent in your life, today we need to introduce you to walk in the Spirit. Because the Bible says, if we live in the Spirit, we must walk in the Spirit. So, we don't want believers that live in the Spirit, yet walk in the flesh. Hallelujah. And remember our opening scripture, is if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you are willing, if you submit, willingness has to do with you submitting. If you are obedient to who? The Spirit. That's why the Bible says you need to be responsible and controlled and guided by the Spirit. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So most of the good things we've missed in life is because we failed to be willing, we failed to be obedient, we failed to walk in the Spirit. Only when you walk in the Spirit, that's when you see the good realities, because the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. So in the realm of the Spirit, we see the reality of good things. And so if you are to live in the spirit, you have to ensure you walk in the spirit. Because if you don't walk in the spirit, there are certain things you get to miss. Praise be to God. Ask your neighbor, do you walk in the spirit? Eh? What have they said? So remember I said there are two realities all together. Give us Galatians chapter number 6 verse 8. Wonderful. Uh, give it NKJV. 
Okay. The Bible. So remember, if you live in the spirit, there are certain things you can do. You can walk in the spirit. But then this scripture now is revealing to us something called sowing in the spirit. Let's read it. The Bible says, For he who sows into his flesh, remember the flesh is a reality, will what of the flesh reap corruption? But he who sows into the spirit will reap of the spirit, reap, will, will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Give me another version, maybe NLT, if you have it. Wonderful. For those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So here is a person who is living in the Spirit. The Bible expects you, by virtue of you living in the Spirit, you should walk in the Spirit. By virtue of you walking in the Spirit, you should also sow in the Spirit. And then the Bible also shows us a great danger of walking in the flesh and sowing in the flesh. The Bible says when you sow in the flesh, you reap decay. You reap decay. You reap corruption. And here is someone wondering, but I'm a child of God. What, why are certain things happening to me? Have you asked yourself the kinds of seeds you are sowing? I'm a child of God. Why am I walking in a certain reality? Are you walking in the spirit? And saints of God, if we can really realize how important it is to walk in the spirit, there's a certain goodness that we we'll definitely get to walk in. And I believe when the Bible actually gets to tell us that walk in the Spirit, it actually gets to show us that we should have the Holy Spirit as our leader. One thing you need to understand about the Kingdom of God is that the Kingdom of God is not designed to have anyone that is independent. There is no independence in the Kingdom of God. In the Kingdom of God, we ought to be dependent as in, there is no independence in the kingdom of God. That's why you can't even separate the Trinity. If you can't separate the Trinity, why should you separate yourself from God? And so God wants you, regardless of your age, regardless of where you reach in life, regardless of the achievements you've made, you've got to ensure that the Holy Spirit remains your leader. Is he your leader? Now, why do we need to have the Holy Spirit as our leader? Why do we need to have the Holy Spirit as our leader? Number one, you need to have him as, our, as your leader because he will cause you to experience the goodness of the land. If I may ask, does anyone have a glove here? Glove? No one? Okay. Uh, one of the peers can just go check in, 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 in the back, the red bag, there should be a glove. Okay. So, number one, I said the Holy Spirit will cause you to experience good things. Now, when the Bible gets to introduce the Holy Spirit, it's very interesting that when he gets to introduce the Holy Spirit, there are certain things that the Holy Spirit was doing. In Genesis chapter number 1, let's go to Genesis chapter number 1. I want you to understand that the first time the Holy Spirit seemed to, to have been introduced, things were a little messy. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Next verse. The earth was formless, empty, and darkness covered 
the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I, I, I really need us to look at this scripture. Imagine Genesis 1 is saying God created the heavens and the earth showing us a picture that things have been established. Yet in verse 2 the Bible says the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. Can I see what Amplified says in this particular scripture? Look at this. It says, The earth was without form and an empty waste. And darkness was upon the face of the great deep. Then the Spirit of the Lord, or the Spirit of God, was hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. So Genesis chapter number 1 verse 2 is showing us a picture where the earth is a waste. Genesis chapter number 1 verse 2 is showing us where the earth is without form. Genesis chapter number 1 verse 2 is showing us where the earth is having a reality which doesn't make sense. Things are not making sense. Things are, things are formless. It's an empty waste. Yet, the Bible says the Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. Now, do you know what this word means, hovering? Do you know what this word brooding means? It is the kind of word that describes where a mother, or the best example I can give is where a bird or a chicken sits on its eggs, sits on his eggs, making sure that it's getting prepared to hatch. So there is a big waste that is revealed here, yet the Bible is saying the Holy Spirit is wavering, is moving around. Verse 3 shows us, when God says, let there be light, things began to change. Things began to happen. What am I getting to reveal to you today? I'm getting to show you that when there was chaos, when there was trouble, the Holy Spirit was present and he was not bothered. He was not worried. He was not worried about the trouble. It was the kind of trouble that says, don't worry, these are such things that I need. And he began to hover over the face of the deep, over the surface of the waters rather. And once God spoke, the Bible shows us that there was restoration. The Bible shows us that certain things will happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Alright. The reason I'm explaining this to you, just put it there. The reason why I'm explaining this to you is to show you the kind of situations the Holy Ghost is wired for. If he was first introduced when there was chaos, first introduced where there was a mess which only God could correct, then what are the situations that you face right now? No, no, no. God was very certain and God was very, you know, sure when he sent the Holy Spirit to us. Because the Bible reveals to us that the Holy Spirit was sent to us in the last days. Yet it is the same Bible that tells us that in the last days there will be many problems. It tells us in the last days, it tells us there's going to be many problems, many problems. It's not even something that someone needs to have to prophesy about and say, hey, trouble is coming. It was prophesied already through the scriptures. That there's going to be so many problems. Yet, in as much as it is revealed that in the last days there's going to be so many problems, God says, in the last days I will pour my spirit. I will pour my spirit on all flesh. And he gives you Genesis 1 
to make you remember and remind you that remember I did something when the earth was formless. He reminds you, remember I did something when there was a chaos. I did something. The spirit of the Lord was hovering, was seated on the surface of the earth, even getting ready to produce, to give birth to something new. But this time he says, I'm not going to pour the spirit on the earth. It's going to come on flesh. It's going to come on flesh. And when it comes on flesh, the Holy Spirit is not there to be a spectator. He hovers around. He broods. He sits on you. Why is he sitting on you? There's something that needs to give birth in your life. There's something. There's something. There's something. But remember, birth started in Genesis when God spoke. Birth will start in your life when you start speaking. The Holy Spirit needed a let there be light for him to go into action. He needed someone to say that. In the same way, Shanda. The believers also need to reach to a place and say, I am blessed. They need to reach to a place to say, I am delivered. I am covered. I am lifted. And it is then that the Spirit of the Lord begins to work wonders. So that's why I say it is important to allow Him to be your leader. Because when you allow Him to, your, to be your leader, He initiates good things. He initiates good things that are to happen in your life. Hallelujah. Number two, why should he be your leader? It's because you cannot do anything without him. Jesus once said, without me you can do nothing. And that's why he says, he says, without me you can do nothing. Then he says, I can do all things through Christ. Who does what? Who strengthens me. How does it strengthen us? By His Spirit. And so, when you allow the Spirit of the Lord to be your leader, when you allow the Holy Spirit to govern you, to guide you, you are enabled to do all things. That's why I have an example of this glove here. This glove is you can come. This glove is, 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 is perhaps a representation of us. Right? This glove is a representation of us. With this glove, I can do so many things. With this glove, I can, I can stand the cold. With this glove, I can hold that bottle. I can, I can hold hot stuff. I can handle different things with this glove. Now, like I said, this glove is a representation of me and you having ability, having potential for it. But without the Holy Spirit, we are useless. I'm going to show you. Without me putting my hand in this, it's going to be useless. If I say glove, hold that. Glove, why are you glove? You see? <laughs> Uh, if I say glove, hold that, bring it to me. I want, I want, I want someone, deep people here, perhaps, who who prayed forty days, forty nights. Speak to this glove so that it brings that bottle there. Uh, no, speak to it. Who said glove? Bring that. Do you know who I am? Maybe, maybe it requires me to walk in the office of a prophet. Or maybe I need fasting. Or maybe there are evil spirits in the heavenlies that we need to bind. That evil spirit that is blocking this glove from bringing my inheritance. Die! Have you observed, regardless of how useful it is, if I don't get to put my hand in it, what is useful becomes useless. 
in the same way you who has potential you who has ability i'm telling you you cannot do anything without him that's why he needs to be your leader that's why when it says you need to be controlled and guided by the holy spirit that is him that's why we say be filled uh-huh. he comes in when he comes in he makes sure he locks in and he tells you we have this now look at this i am holding this what is actually seen in the outward is this one but there's an inner battle there's an inner power that's what so many people miss in life they have that breakthrough they get that you know they they get to that level where so many things are happening in their life and people will look at them and say hey do hey things are happening in your life so them have got a bigger power that lives in me this this is not in me it is not in me. it's not by me it's not by might it's not by power what it's by the spirit when you get to realize this when you get to realize this you reach to a place where you appreciate the holy spirit to make you do anything anything that's why when jesus came on earth the bible says before the holy spirit came upon him he was quiet why yet he just went to learn he just went to the temples he just came quiet after he was baptized he went fasting now i can start goes into the synagogue and says the spirit of the lord is upon me he has anointed me to preach the gospel to set the captives free why 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 because he was a shatter that's 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 the life we need to live that is walking in the spirit governed controlled by the spirit of the lord governed <laughs> my goodness listen the bible shows us about, about a man by the name of of, of, of philip He's walking and suddenly the spirit of the Lord says stand near there. Ah, what do you mean stand near there? And he stands near and he finds a man reading the book of Isaiah and he begins to explain to him explains the gospel to him. And after Philip explains the gospel to him, they travel, they travel and Philip eventually gets to lead the man and baptize him, okay? But by the time they do all that work Bible shows us that Philip was at a very far place. He just discovers, yay, when I end the I don't know how to get back. But the Bible shows us that the Spirit of the Lord got hold of him, disappeared physically from where he was, and appeared to another place. Why? Because he first obeyed the first instruction. He was first led by the Holy Spirit to do something and where it seemed like there was no result or there was there was no solution for him to go back home the spirit of the Lord says don't worry I got this the same me who actually got you here I'm going to take you to another place you've got to understand that if you can rely on the spirit of the Lord all things I'm telling you, and I say all things will just go in place for you. Sometimes his instructions think, who would you rather trust? The Bible says, God is able to know the numbers of our hairs. He's able to know the numbers of our hairs. He's able to know every detail concerning us. I believe most of the people that are studying medicine, or studying anything medically related, got to be shocked when they were studying the body inside. Say, ah, there's this Kamabat Kash. Skumbragolosis. Shanshan. They were shocked. I have it. Huh? You know. Actually, scientists believe there are still other things that we've not even we don't we don't even comprehend concerning us. We've not even comprehended. Yet the Bible says he knows every detail concerning us. God knows every detail. And then when it says concerning the spirit of God, not only does he know every detail, the Bible says he knows the deep things of God. 
Who would you rather trust? Someone who knows every detail of your life or someone who's not even noticed that you've changed your hairstyle? No, I trust him, I trust him. but I knew he knows best. He knows best. Imagine if a mechanic was going to tell you, no, uh, put water, close it, do this, clutch. You, if you do that, even though you don't understand it, you do that. Why? Because you know he knows best. What more as trust in the Holy Spirit? If he tells you, no, don't go this side. No, but I'm just going to. I'm not doing anything. If he says don't go, then it's don't go. Hallelujah. And remember, once you don't give heed to the guidance and direction of the Spirit, you now step out of walking in the Spirit. You now walk in the flesh. And remember, the Bible says, They that sow in the flesh reap decay. So for every decay you see in your life, check your steps. Check your steps. Who is sponsoring those steps? Praise God forevermore. Number three. When you allow the Holy Spirit to be your leader, not only does He cause you to experience good he also causes you to produce good things. There's a place where you experience good, but there's a place where you now get to produce good things. That's why we say the Spirit lives in us so that we can be blessed. Yet He comes upon us so that we can be a blessing. Not only does God want you to experience good things, he also wants you to produce good things that will benefit many others. And of course, they will also benefit you. His presence in your life allows you to benefit and also produce good things. But remember, He has to be your leader. I want us to look at Psalms 23. Just put it for me in New King James. Psalms 23 and verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. Put it in the New King James translation, NKJV. Wonderful. That's NIV, NKJV. Alright. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Next verse. Wrong verse. Please, Daniel. Psalms 23 and verse 1. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Yes, go on. He restores my soul. He leads me the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes. Yet yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yeah. 
You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now look at this. This scripture is trying to reveal something very, very cardinal. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And of course, the Bible actually reveals to us that it is the spirit of truth that gets to guide us, who is the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to show you something. I want to show you that what you follow determines what follows you. What you follow determines what follows you. Remember the psalmist first said, The Lord is my shepherd. In short, he says, I am following God. He is my leader. Do you see that? Then he goes on to show us the benefits of following God. He shows us the benefits of being led. He shows us that one of the benefits that happens when we are led by him is that he leads us to green pastures. He restores our souls. Then the Bible also says, he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Imagine having a leader, having someone that you get to follow, and because you follow him, he says, okay, no problem, here's a table for you. Eat. Ha! Do you see that? And then the Bible doesn't really show us anything the psalmist gets to ask. He's, because he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When it says, I shall not want, it means I shall not lack. Meaning because I have chosen him to be my leader, I shall not lack. He didn't say, I'm going to ask for something. He says, because I have chosen him to be my leader, I shall not lack. This means lack begins when there is no leadership in your life. When there is no one to lead you. But remember, I am trying to explain to you that what you follow determines what follows you. Now look at this. After seeing all those benefits, then it says, surely goodness and mercy shall do what? Shall follow me all the days of my life. How is it that just because I am making the Lord my leader and my shepherd, how is it that because I'm walking in the Spirit, because I'm allowing the Spirit of the Lord to guide me, then the Bible says, goodness. Remember, if you're willing and obedient, you eat what? The good of the land. It says, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So look at the great benefit. You follow God, then everything else follows you. Now here's the big problem. Most of the times, because we want goodness, we choose to cut off God and start following goodness. But the question is, what will follow you if you follow goodness? What will follow you? I know what will follow you if you, if you walk in the Spirit. I know what will follow you if you follow God. The Bible says, goodness and mercies shall follow you all the days of my life. When you follow goodness, listen to this, when you follow goodness, when you follow certain things, the day you find them, of course you're going to find them, but they're going to deplete. Where else will you find it? Remember you, you've been guaranteed a lifetime supply of goodness that will follow you all the days. Not some days, all the days of your life. I thank God for that. We thank God that we can get to rely on the Spirit of the Lord and goodness can follow us. We thank God for that. But I love the last part. Every time we follow the Lord and goodness follows us, there's a decision that we've got to make to honor Him. And what's this decision? 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's where people miss it. After goodness has followed them, they look at the goodness and say, Hey, can't you? Lord, I'm coming. Sunday they miss. Another Sunday they miss. Another Sunday. Ups, ups. Let me follow this goodness. Let me follow this goodness. And by, at, at the end of the day, they've stopped following God. And with that goodness that they, they followed, what will happen? It will deplete. That's what happened to the lost son. He cried for inheritance. He cried for goodness. He got it. He followed it. It finished. It finished. He dried up. He didn't know that the secret to the presence is in the presence. He didn't know that. He didn't know that. Saints of God, I love someone once made a very profound statement and said, God owns silver and gold, yet he is the most spiritual. What causes you to run away from God when you just have a little 5,000 watch? 5,000. He owns silver and gold. Yet he's the most spiritual. What causes you to run away from God after you've gotten your first car? Today my job is to show you a reality of life where you are going to experience the goodness of God, where you are going to experience great things like never before. And this is by walking in the Spirit, to be aided, guarded, guided, and led by Him. I'm going to tell you one thing. Of course, walking in the Spirit and doing any other thing or many other things is something that you need to learn, of course. Someone may say to themselves, I can't hear God, I've never heard the Holy Spirit before. Start by saying, Holy Spirit, I want to know you more. Remember, even Paul, who functioned in the Spirit, was still able to say that I may know you, Lord, and the power of your resurrection. Man of God was still able to say, may I want to know you, God. In the same way, to function and walk in the spirit, you've got to make that decision and say, Lord, I want to know you. Spirit of the Lord, I want to, I want to know you. I want to hear you. Teach me. Teach me. And when that happens, definitely you are going to be aided. You're going to be guarded. You're going to be led by him. And when you're led by him, you walk in goodness. But remember, our third point is, when you are led, or rather when you allow the Holy Spirit to be your leader, there are good things that are produced in you. Have you observed the Bible talks about something that is known as the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter number 5. The Bible shows us the fruit of the Spirit is what? Let's hear it. love. The 
Bible shows us that if you love me, I will love you too, and I will manifest myself to you. So every time you have love, there is a manifestation of God in your life that you attract. Oh, let's go fast. Joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is what? Strength. The Bible says there is fullness of joy, what? In your presence. So every time you produce joy, you produce strength. And every time you produce joy, you attract God's presence. So are you seeing certain things that you allow the Holy Spirit to produce in you begin to multiply and produce other things? Peace. That is the word shalom, which means wholeness. It means wholeness. So every time you produce peace, the word shalom means safety, it means security, it means wholeness, it means health. And every time you produce peace, you attract health in your life. You attract security in your life. Every time you produce peace, there is a certain anointing that you walk with that calms storms. I remember one day I found men fighting, and the Holy Spirit says, Go and stand just where they are. I was very sharp to understand the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He did not say, Go and stop that fight. Because if I started trying to stop that fight, the punches that were going to land in my face were going to be strong. And I was not in the capacity to stop such big men from fighting. But he says, go there. And when I went there, they were fighting, and I stood. And I could feel peace being released from me. And suddenly, the fight just stopped. And they went their ways without insulting each other. That's what peace can do. It can calm a storm. Yes, peace can stop an accident. <laughs> Long suffering. This is patience. Long suffering or patience produces certain virtues in our lives. The Bible shows us how long-suffering or patience will produce stamina. It produces strength. There's so many other things that long-suffering or patience can produce, but it is a fruit of the Spirit. Kindness and goodness. Of course, kindness and goodness are also wonderful virtues that if we can produce them, It is a seed that definitely has a reward. That's why the Bible says, do not be weary in doing good. Because in due season you shall receive your reward. So you see that all these things that we get to, you know, produce have a multiplication factor and have a certain kind of reward. Faithfulness. Ah, wonderful virtue. Faithfulness is not having faith, by the way, it's, it's different. Faithfulness is being committed, being diligent towards something. And when we have faithfulness, the Bible says when you are faithful in little, you will be faithful in much. So meaning faithfulness is a ladder to promotion. Next verse. Gentleness. Gentleness, which is also meekness, or humility. The Bible says God gives grace to the humble. So humility attracts grace. Are you, are you seeing all these things? So it's what? It, it's, it's like the Bible just shows us the secret is just for you to walk in the spirit. It's like the secret is just for you to be guided, led by the spirit of God and to produce these things. Meekness. The Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. 
self-control is another virtue or rather fruit that produces great things in our lives. The Bible says one that is self-controlled is better than one who conquers a city. Which means anyone that walks in self-control attracts crowns. Uh, I can go into details concerning the fruit of the Spirit and what other things it attracts. But remember, the core, remember, the agenda is to walk in the Spirit. He actually said it twice. He said it first in, in, in Galatians 5 verse 16. And then he also said it in Galatians 5 verse 25. Yeah, go to the next uh, 25, verse 25. It says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us be guided. Let us be aided by Him. When you live in the Spirit, there are certain things you will learn to do in the Spirit. Of course, you need to walk in the Spirit. There are other realities you get to learn while you are walking in the Spirit. You know that you need to sow in the Spirit. Oh, okay, as you sow in the Spirit, you get to realize that there are other realities that you need to get to handle as you live in the Spirit. You discover that you need to pray in the Spirit. As you pray in the Spirit, you realize that there are other things that you need to do as you are in the Spirit. You get to sing in the Spirit. Ah. Listen. As long as we are walking in the Spirit and as long as the Holy Spirit is our ultimate guide, our ultimate help, then life is going to be a better place. Life is going to be a better place. And I say this. Just recently we were hit with a very hard time. We were hit with a very hard moment that affected the entire earth. But according to scripture, according to the reality of the word of God as revealed in scripture, this won't be the last one. So, if you are putting your faith in man, you need to check again. Because the next time it hits, ah, it, it's, it's going to be tough. That's why the Bible says, walk in the spirit. When it says, you, you need to trust him to produce certain results. You need to trust him. Of course, many of us waited and said, we are waiting for the cure, we are waiting with some soft general. Cure, 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 cure. What was what mother wait? September. Cure, cure, cure. Ah. Let's just live with it. But initially from the first, no one said let's live with it. Hallelujah. Their hair is not burnt, 
Their clothes are not burnt. Who is preserving that? We know that even just if we put our hand over a candle, the kind of confusion we can run into, just putting your hand by a candle. Now you are put in a very furnace. Do you know what a furnace is? That's why a furnace is used to produce gold. <laughs> do, you know, do, you, do you know the, the degree, the temperature that is, is, is in a furnace? It was so strong that the Bible says it killed the people that went there. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not there. They knew something. There are certain realities, even danger, when danger does comes, there's a certain reality we can experience because we trust in the Lord. Because we allow the Lord to be our shepherd. Because we are guided by the Spirit. People knew that if we take people to the lions, they knew that these lions are not vegetarians. They knew these lions chew. They chew you so much that they don't give any trace. You see some of you, though, you eat hungry lion chicken. Even the bones, you don't leave any trace. Huh? In the same way, these lions, they know that if we, if we put you in there, you just have to check. See, You'll be so shocked. But then the Bible says, this person is put, put in this situation. Yet the lions touch him not. Let the, yet the lions don't even fight against him. Hallelujah. They don't do anything. And it's very possible if other people were thrown into those lions in that lion den at the time of Daniel, the other people were going to be eaten. But just for Daniel's sake, lions become vegetarians. Appetite, no appetite. I'm telling you, there are certain realities you can experience. Do you know why you will experience such realities? Because there is a difference between A and B. A is walking in the flesh, but B is walking in the spirit. That's why a snake is able to bite Paul, and he's going to throw it just away. How? A viper, deadly. Who, who, who nullifies the poison? And I thank God that all these things that the apostles did as they are recorded. Imagine how does Acts 14 record an entire city going against Paul, beating him. Listen, they beat him up. The Bible says, and they left him dead. Then it goes on to say, when the disciples came around Paul, Paul woke up and went into the city. How? They've beaten you, they've said, ah, ah, manjo, Then the disciples come around him and say, ah. And then they did say, rise from the dead. Paul woke up and said, oh, Alright, let me let me go back into the city. To do what? To go and preach. People are going to be scared. They say, hmm. That's why one time when Paul was preaching in Iconium, the people wanted to run away from him when he was preaching with Barnabas. They said, these guys are gods. They are not alive. And they even gave them names. Names. One was Hermes and one was Zeus. Paul and Barnabas. Paul had to cry, please, I'm not a god. Please, please. I'm not god. I'm just, I'm just mad. But I walk in the spirit. Ah. There are certain results that will follow you because you walk in the spirit. And you've got to ensure when the Bible says habitually walk in the spirit, it should be that. Every day, every hour, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's your secret. And so, there will be times hard things will come. There will be times 
there's going to be chaos like in Genesis. But that chaos is not meant to harm you. You are meant to trample over that chaos. Do you know why I say you are meant to trample over it? Do you know why I say you are meant to overcome that chaos? Because the Bible does not say for granted that the world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. The world is the one which is going to see, mm, why isn't that fire not burning them? Why, why, why are our cases in Africa, why are the cases in Africa more different? They say, oh, no, these guys will die like flies. But then the believers are saying, the gates of hell. <laughs> anyway, yeah, shall not reveal. It's, it's a reality, I'm telling you. It's a reality that we all need to walk in. A reality that changes things. A reality which should, we should benefit in all areas, whether school, whether work, every. At work, they should, they should be that. It should be you that they like. From nowhere, you make a mistake. Ah, <laughs> very good. Ah, you made a mistake. I promote you, in fact. Why, sir? I just want to promote you. I'm telling you. Why do you think? Look at look at Daniel, the life of Daniel. Daniel, Daniel and his friends. I see Daniel smiling there. Wonderful. Yeah, Daniel and his friends refused to eat meat. They refused to eat meat. The rest were eating meat. But the Bible says Daniel and his friends were well built more than the others. What were they eating on? Rep. I'm telling you. You read the scriptures. They were eating vegetables. They did not eat meat. But they, they, they became bigger. Rep. Cabbage. And I believe that anointing is working in my life, but that's beside the point. But... Hallelujah. Focus, let's focus. Hallelujah. So, there's a certain reality he walked in. How does the Bible say when they chose more than... They chose intelligent people from around the place. Very intelligent people. Then the Bible says, but Daniel was ten times better than all of them. How can you be ten times better than intelligent people? Not dumb people. We're not talking about the sea level clan or the shy. No. We're talking about people who get 100%. Now, how can you be better than someone who gets 100%? Ah. That's why you're saying, they that know their God shall be strong and they shall do mighty exploits. And we see all these other things, these exploits written in the book of Acts. Peter has his own exploits. Everyone has their own exploits. But I thank God for something in the book. The Bible says Acts of the Apostles. But it's Acts of the Apostles through the Holy Ghost. And I thank God that the book of Acts never ended with an Amen. It never ended with the word Amen, meaning it's not over. Meaning it's not over. The same Holy Spirit that was poured. Ah, the same Spirit that made them do signs and wonders. The same Spirit that made Elijah walk and run like a horse. The same Spirit that caused Elisha to make an accident float on water. The same Spirit that made Elisha make an entire army blind. That same spirit that caused Jesus to walk on water. That same spirit that caused Moses to raise his staff and the thing get cut up. That same spirit. That's why the Bible says if that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, if he lives in you, if he lives in you. Listen, that's why Paul says this. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Listen, he did not say that I may know the power of resurrection. When you say the power of resurrection, meaning you're saying the power that conquers death. But he says the power of his resurrection, meaning this is a power that was responsible for raising him from the dead. But this same power 
cannot only raise you from the dead. It can vitalize your mortal body. It can lift you. It can empower you. It can do powerful things. That's why, that's why Paul says that I may know the power of his resurrection. Meaning, not only did it resurrect him, it lifted him, it glorified him, it, it did so many great things. And that same spirit that was in Genesis 1, that roots, that is hovering in this place right now, that same spirit that was there, is there for us. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and this is the reality that believers, this is the reality that saints of God must reach. Remember, we are called the church, which means ecclesia, meaning the called out ones. We should be different from the rest. We should be different. And I'm, I'm praying, I'm praying, from this month to December, we need to see different results. We need to see a different walk of life. We need to see a difference in how we handle things. We need to see a difference in grace. We need to experience that. We need to experience that. But that can only happen. We walk in the Spirit. They that walk in the Spirit live in the Spirit. Let's rise to our feet.